Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz Podcast, everyone. We're on episode 26 tonight. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I feel kind of weird. So a little behind the scenes. Uh, last week's episode was not actually recorded last week. Um, we had to record that in advance. So I almost feel like I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. It's like riding a bike. You don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even for me, it's kind of like, I'm so used to recording like live mm-hmm. every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then last week was a bit different, but you know. Yeah. It was like the first, I guess actually it was the second time we've, is it the second time that we've skipped a week actually recording, but we had an episode come come out. So last time we skipped was when I was gone for work, wasn't it? I th- think so yeah yeah which now I think we're better equipped that we can probably record in advance like we did for last week's episode and especially now that we have that we've been doing this last several um well actually probably a couple months now where we post that schedule it makes it a lot easier to kind of plan ahead and and do what we need to do I think if the schedule is good you know yes just so that we uh kind of know what's going on (laughs) Yeah, because I I have to have that so that I don't forget, especially when we were doing the flip-flop book one week, game one week, book one week. I would totally forget if I didn't have that graphic that you make saved to my phone so I can look at it. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, guys, I'm the one that makes like pretty much all like the edits and like the images and stuff that you see on Instagram. And like Candace will post like some other like images and stuff for other yeah, things. I mean, honestly, I'm the dead weight in this relationship. Um, I'm the one that's kind of just along for the ride. Like that sounds bad, but it's like, I don't have any of this like tech savvy kind of knowledge, like editing graphics and stuff. My brain just doesn't work. Like, I'm sure I could probably learn it, but it's like, I don't know. I can um, show you eventually, Candice. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to, because otherwise I'm just not going to know. We'll get there when... Uh... When the time comes. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. This week we're going to be discussing, we're back into season one of the show. I mean, we're flip-flopping around, but is that not just us? I mean, that's what we do. (laughs) So we are on season one, episode two. um, And you know me, I'm a big procrastinator. I can't help it. So I only rewatched it um, yesterday. So it's still super fresh in my mind. Um, I think I mentioned it last week. Like, I I don't remember hardly anything that happened in season one. Same. (laughs) And it's so, so very different than season three in lots of different aspects. It's almost like a completely different show. I know. (laughs) The same people, same premise. But I think the thing that really throws me off is Nancy's voiceover. I know. I even made like a note in like... Cause I make notes when like I watch the episodes and like, that was one of the things that I had written down Nancy or like Kennedy. She's still like doing like all the voiceover stuff and kind of like being like, Hey, this is what's going on. You know, all that kind of thing. Which don't get me wrong. I do like that. And it is helpful because there are sometimes, especially like in season three, I kind of wish she had done it in season three. There were times where it was kind of hard to follow. It was almost like if you blink, you're going to get lost. Yeah. So I kind of like that aspect. And I don't really remember when they went away from that. I don't even remember if they did it in season two. I guess not. I don't think so. I don't remember. But I mean, I guess we'll get there when we get there. Season one, episode two is called The Secret of the Old Morgue. Yes. When Nancy learns that Tiffany Hudson's corpse is being moved out of Horseshoe Bay for a private autopsy, she puts her investigation into Lucy Sable's dress on hold to pull off one of her most risky missions yet. And the original air date was October 16th, 2019. Okay, question for you, because uh, I was watching it the show with my husband god bless him he's sitting through it again and watching it with me did you watch the show when it first originally came out or did you start it after the fact just out of curiosity i started like when it first came on tv oh okay yeah like at first when it first came out i'm kind of it was kind of like hesitant i guess you could say because i'm like am i gonna like this am i not gonna like it you know yeah yeah but then i ended up starting to watch and i'm like huh 
I kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were actually talking about it yesterday when we were getting ready to watch this episode. Um, we started watching, I knew of the show when it first came out and I had mentioned that I'd like to watch it, but I never really thought any more about it. And then it was around, I think a couple episodes into season two, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to kind of binge this first season since it's already done into season two and just kind of see, see how I'm feeling with it. Um, and I really liked it. Been watching it religiously ever since. Um, I, I can't remember if I had asked you that in the past or not. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking about that yesterday and I was like, I don't know if I've asked Alexa when she started watching or not. I'll have to remember to ask her. So that's kind of cool that we kind of jumped in at different times, but yeah. got to the same place. Yeah. So, okay. Well, like we said, season one, episode two. So it's kind of a continuation. Um, I did notice something and I can't remember how long they did this for, but they did like a little recap, like a, what, 45 minute long, 45 second minute long uh, recap of the previous episode, which is nice. Previously uh, on Nancy Drew. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't. They didn't do that in season three, right? No. No, I didn't think so. Um, which, I mean, I get that, you know, stylistic changes and maybe they had some different people working on the show. I mean, you know, everybody has their own kind of flair that they like to put on things. Um, but I think for the beginning of this, where we're really trying to um, get to know these characters, I think it's helpful to do things like that. Um, and the beginning of this episode was a really good continuation of the end of the first episode. Um, it finds us as, you know, Nancy is sitting in her attic in her house and she opens up that chest and she finds the bloodstained dress, which like we discussed last week, I have issues with considering that was what, 20 years ago and that blood's looking pretty fresh on that dress. I've got a question. What's your question? So apparently this dress is from Lucy Sable 20 years ago, right? Yeah. How is Nancy only 18? <laughs> and the dress is 20. You know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and it's like, it's true. Like what you said with the blood, it looks like fresh blood. It's looking, yeah, not <laughs> 20 years old, not a year old, not six months old. Like it's looking super fresh. The dress itself is dated, don't get me wrong. Like, the dress matches the kind of style. But yeah, that, that was one thing that I'm just like... But uh, I have to put those feelings aside because, like I said, I mean, they're just getting their feet wet with this. Like, there's going to be little mess-ups like that. You know, in the grand scheme, I can look past it. And so, yeah, she's sitting there looking at the dress, and then all of a sudden, the spirit ghost of Lucy is behind her, this episode had like two or three jump scares and I forgot how many jump scares were in this first season. Really, I think in the second season too. Yeah. I don't really feel like there was quite as many in the third season. You can guarantee that at least one time per episode, you will get a jump scare. Yeah. In this one, there was two or three. There was two for sure. Yeah. Might've been three. Um, I think, yeah, definitely two. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing that I really like about Nancy Drew and I think this is something that we've talked about is that you know in America the company that puts this on is called the CW and they at least as of right now are really you know making themselves known for having these kind of paranormal supernatural kind of shows like that's kind of their bread and butter right now and they're not a small company but they're not huge they're more kind of like a middle range kind of production company but I feel like, and I don't know what the budget is for Nancy Drew, but I feel like they really use their money wisely because it's not like, it's not like a, a like I said, a, a huge name kind of company where they've got all this money to burn, where they can use like CGI and all these programs and stuff. Um, I think one thing that's really special about this show is that for a lot of their supernatural things, they use actual people and just like insane makeup and prosthetics and I, I just, I think it, it really adds something to yeah. the show. I think it makes it a lot more believable, even yeah. though it's supernatural. 
So that's just one thing that I, I really like to think about is that it's it's very different in that way, I think, compared to a lot of fictional, supernatural, paranormal kind of shows. Like, I don't even really remember, like, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff from season one. Because I know that there was, like, a bunch of stuff posted on social media. Yeah. But, like, I don't really remember too much of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I more so found it, um, when on Instagram, I found her, hold on, let me see if I can find it again. Don't mind us guys. We're just doing some, uh, background research here. <laughs> that I'm telling you, that's what I do. Like I just, I fall down the rabbit hole. Like can't help it. I found the girl who actually she is and I think this is so cool if you know people are into this but she is like a what she calls a creature actor I'm trying to find her on here on insta and I'm not sure where she went but anyway she posted a picture of herself in the Aglaika makeup from season two. And I was just like, oh my God, that was an actual person. Like that's terrifying that somebody can do makeup and prosthetics and make it look like that. Yeah. Because I thought for sure that all of that was all CGI. I think that wasn't it the same kind of thing with uh, season three with the, who was the guy that was getting all the hearts again? What's the, what was the guy's name? The frozen hearts killer. But what was his, I'm gonna have to look back at my notes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh gosh. Copperhead? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a real person. I'm going through I'm going through Instagram now just to kind of see. But I, I just because I feel like a lot of TV shows and movies nowadays, um, with the way that technology has progressed, even in the last five to ten years, movies are vastly different. Um I feel like a lot of of these production companies get so caught up in using just the latest and greatest technology when really some makeup and some elbow grease and you can really get pretty similar results for a lot less cost. And I mean, it might take a little bit more time um, because I think I read something that like getting into the Glaika makeup was like four or five hours. I mean, that's a pretty significant chunk of your day Jeez, not even counting the amount of time that you're spending actually filming the episode wow and then to take all that off again like that is like a lot of your day yeah like geez just sitting in a chair letting people work on you (laughs) you know but yeah I just I thought that that's that's really interesting and um I'll you know continue to do my deep diving work because that is literally what I do on a daily basis so the more like kind of background information and stuff that I find I'll post it on our social media just so other people can be aware you know I don't know who all else might think that that's interesting but I think that that's interesting Back to this episode. So like I said, Nancy's in the attic and she's looking at that dress and then Lucy shows up and, you know, this kind of foreshadowing that Lucy appears a couple more times in this episode and it's terrifying each time and I jump each time. But then scene changes and Carson and Nancy are kind of in the dining room, kitchen area of the house and Nancy is still very obviously upset because she caught Carson and Karen, that police officer, kissing and totally understandable that she's upset set because now she's thinking that, you know, Carson is totally, completely over her mother. Um, Cause you know, keep in mind, her mother had just recently, recently ish passed away from cancer. So, you know, Nancy is still, you know, working through the stages of grief, which is totally understandable. Grief has no specific timeline for every single person. Everybody processes it differently. So, you know, Nancy is kind of emotional about it. And Carson's trying to tell her that he never cheated on Kate, that he loved her, that he loves Nancy, but you know, that it's okay to move on and that it's not that he doesn't have feelings for Kate anymore, that he's going to forget her you know it's healthy to move on and that's a good life lesson right there yeah I think like I agree everyone does have like the opportunity and the right to move on Mm -hmm. like at whatever point you want to but sometimes like I can almost kind of see what Nancy's side of it is is that like it's almost as if Nancy feels as though it was like way too quick yeah you know like I can I can understand that but at the same time like let Carson do his own thing Mm -hmm. he's an adult (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, he has a life to live. He deserves companionship if that's what he wants. And I really can see where Nancy's coming from in this because this is literally like my life. Um, Because now my dad has a girlfriend. My mother passed away um, in May of 2019. And so now my dad has a girlfriend who actually sometimes listens to our podcast. So Kathleen, if you're listening, hey, but uh, you know, I mean, at first I struggled a little bit and, you know, I think that that's a normal kind of um, reaction, but my dad told me, you know, I will never forget your mother. No one will ever compare to her. Everybody is different, but you know, companionship is a good thing. And it didn't take me long to warm up to the idea of it just because I was able to kind of put my own personal feelings aside and work through that separately and agree that companionship is important. I mean, I feel like all people are supposed to be with people, whoever that may be. So I kind of, I see both sides of the card, but I mean, you know, as we know, Nancy eventually kind of gets there, you know, it just takes some people longer. And I I think that that's totally normal, but I do like that they kind of represented it in a way of Nancy showing her true real feelings and emotions about it, because I think that that's very real. And I think that's something that some TV shows kind of shy away from just because it's not an easy topic to talk about. But I, I think that's one of the strong points of this TV show is that they deal with some heavy stuff that other shows might not want to deal with just because they're heavy. And I've noticed too, between now, now we're going through season one and the difference in season three, because in season one, at least so far, there's not a whole lot of like open communication. Mm-hmm. Everyone is still For like anybody and everyone is like closed off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to open up to you. Yep. Like, back off. Yep. And, like, now in season three, everyone is, I feel like, so much more comfortable talking to each other about stuff. Yeah. Obviously, you know, like, I think in all kind of friend groups and that kind of thing, there are things that you don't want to tell your friends or, like, you have to try and find the right time to talk about it with them. Right. But there right. is, a like, that big jump between not communicating to communicating. Right, right. And I feel like because they are so closed off, it feels like there's a lot more drama in this season, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I think that that's part of what kind of draws viewers in um, are these struggles and watching these characters grow because they, I mean, they've grown a lot and just from season one to season two to season three. So like I said, you know, Nancy is, is having these feelings, I guess, towards Carson that she's worried that he just is completely over Kate and doesn't care. And it's making her think that he's also lying about what happened to Lucy Sable. Because if you recall from last episode, she walked out into the backyard in the evening one night and found Carson and Kate digging that trunk up out of the ground. Her mother realized that she was standing there ran over and grabbed her and said that this was just a dream. And she even says that to Carson. Yeah. So now she's really, she's just got a lot of thoughts going on in her brain, not really sure who to trust, who's telling the truth. I mean, what the truth even is. Then we kind of switch gears and uh, we see more George and Ryan and it's so gross. I know. For a multitude of reasons, but really kind of disturbing because he just became a widower and he's messing around with a girl that's much younger. I even wrote in my notes, like, I still think it's super weird that George is in a relationship with Ryan, especially now that we know that Ryan is Nancy's biological dad. Yeah, like it's it's so creepy. It's so creepy. So this is around the time where we find out that they're wanting to do an autopsy on Tiffany, uh, Ryan's now deceased wife. Nancy goes to the police department and she sees the case uh, like workup kind of board where they have like pictures of everyone and then the clues and and things, which I mean, I get that it's a TV show and that's why they showed it, but I don't necessarily think that that's how your average real world police department is going to be just with evidence out in the open for anybody to look at. But I mean, you know, makes for good TV. I've actually seen like similar things on other TV shows where they have like that, like whiteboard or some kind of board where they put like all the information up. But in those shows, it's like no one can you know, freely walk in. They need to have like some kind of security key to be able to come up to the department. Yeah. You know, not just like 
in the police station at Horseshoe Bay, you just like walk in, you know, so almost like a free for all. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if they do it that way to kind of symbolize, you know, smaller town kind of vibe. Um, Cause I don't, don't necessarily think that they ever really talk about like the population of Horseshoe Bay, but in my mind, just the way they depict it and just the way that I see it in my mind, it makes me think of just a small kind of Harbor town, not a huge population of people, kind of everybody knows everybody's business kind of scenario. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense for that type of, of area, I guess. But basically Nancy's there and she's wanting, um, she's working on two cases, really, if you think about it. She's trying to figure out what happened to Tiffany Hudson, but now she's back on the case of Lucy Sable. And so she's there at the police department to ask for the cold case file. You know, I mean, it's Nancy Drew. Like clearly the all the police officers in this precinct are familiar with Nancy and her abilities and some people kind of welcome it. And then there are other people not so much. And you can clearly tell. <laughs> they make it painfully obvious. But I mean, you know, that's, I, I feel like you're going to run across people like that in the real world. And so it, and it's another example, at least to me, that I think that that makes this show seem more real than other TV shows. Around that time is when they're discussing in the police department that a judge ruled that Tiffany's autopsy will be taking place out of state, um, I believe in New Hampshire. Yeah. So Nancy's kind of reeling from learning that information. We switch back over to the claw and now we're kind of back in Nancy's head and she's, you know, trying to put the pieces together of what happened the night that Tiffany died and so she's talking about everybody kind of individually, you know, as we discussed last week in the beginning of this uh, series, at least they kind of portray Ace as being like this, like, you know, cool vibes only stoner type, which I feel like they don't do that at all anymore. But Nancy makes note that Ace is smarter than he seems, which is very true. As we've seen, he's actually, you know, a confidential informant for the police. Um, she says that Bess supposedly lives in a mansion with a rich aunt, yet she's working at the Claw. Yeah, those two things don't really make sense. George keeps secrets, clearly. Yep. He's messing around with a formerly married, very rich individual. Yep. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Nick shows up and he asks Nancy if she wants to go to that seawater ceremony, which I, you know, completely forgot about all that. And then that kind of makes more sense why, like, in season two, I think, everyone was so worried about George. Yeah, which I remembered. I remembered the bucket of blood. I remembered that part of it. But I forgot that it was this big, like, years-long festival ceremony type of thing, which, I mean, you know, a lot of small towns have weird things like that. So it's not, it's not totally bizarre. It's still a little weird, but I feel like, like I said, I feel like a lot of small towns have weird things like that, that are just superstition, urban legend kind of thing. So they're still trying to figure out what happened. Bess, God love her, early on with her supernatural stuff is convinced that dead Lucy, they keep calling her dead Lucy is the one that killed Tiffany. Like, Nancy discusses with them that she needs some of Tiffany's blood because she apparently knows this forensic chemist that can test it because he owes her a favor. I mean, I guess at some point she did something for him, which, I mean, it's not surprising. Why is everyone, especially Bess, so, like, determined, like, hey, yes, every single thing that's happening is from dead Lucy? Like, no. Just I don't. mean, <laughs> it's... Now, in retrospect, after watching season three, where she is, like, so into, like, I guess for lack of a better word, witchcraft, magic, whatever, spells, whatever you want to call it, this is really kind of a good setup for that. And I totally forgot that she was just on board day one. This is something weird happening. This is not your normal. This is paranormal. She was so fast to just jump to that conclusion. Yeah. So, I mean, some people are just like that. Like, I, I get it, you know? So Nancy's trying to figure out how they're going to get some of Tiffany's bodily fluids so that it can be sent away for testing before her body is removed out of state. Because I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb for anybody that knows anything about things like that. It's pretty obvious that you move the body out of state to a, a medical examiner 
that you're familiar with, it would be much easier to doctor things or hide things if necessary. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Nancy is thinking. And so she comes up with a plan that they're going to break into the morgue to get some of those bodily fluids from Tiffany. And Nancy is going to thinks it's like, oh, hey, it's just like a lock. I'm going to pick it super easy, like no big deal. Yeah, which that's that's funny because I feel like that's kind of a, a more subtle nod to like the books because clearly the books, most of the books were written a long time ago, 30s, 40s, 50s, what have you. Obviously, they didn't have technology like that back then with key cards and things like that. It was a lock that you would pick. I mean, that, you know, pretty standard. But yeah, so Nancy has to kind of come up with a different plan to get a a key card. And so while she's trying to figure this out, she looks through the window and once again, another jump scare. She sees Lucy in the reflection. Scared the bejesus out of me. And then... As as Nancy's walking away from the building, like a tree branch almost like conks her on the head. But they make it seem like it's a like a dead arm. Yeah. And again, I jumped out of my skin. <laughs> so oh my I'm sitting gosh. on the couch watching this. My poor dog Henry is asleep on my legs, like laying on my legs. And I jump and I scare the absolute crap out of him. Because mm-hmm. when I say sleep, he was snoring. <laughs> poor guy. So oh, the daylights out of him. But then I was like, buddy, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm just crazy. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, she has to come up with a new plan. She goes back to the crew or what's becoming, slowly becoming the crew. She says they're going to break in at night. Ace immediately jumps in and says that the morgue is haunted. I mean. Because of dead Lucy, apparently. <laughs> it makes sense. If you think about it, like if you believe in that kind of thing, you got dead bodies all over the place. And then the story that Ace tells was what, of like three friends? Yeah. That going into the morgue and then they, like as soon as they got out, was it like what? One died. One what went crazy. Like yeah. Lost and mind. Then what happened to the third one? Someone go missing? I think so. Okay. So if that's the scenario, then how do you have a story? Yeah. Unless Ace was one of the guys that went in yeah I mean but I mean I I get that like I said I feel like along the same lines of what I said earlier about the seawater ceremony I feel like you know towns have urban legends yeah kind of just the nature of it because I feel like even your average person that doesn't believe in supernatural kinds of things I mean I feel like stories local stories like that everyone is familiar with even if you're not a believer in that kind of thing yeah You know what I mean? So Nancy then goes to the shop that Nick works at because he works at like a mechanic kind of shop, which I guess they work on cars and boats and just, you know, whatever mechanical that needs fixing. And Nick is working on her mom's car, which is really cute. And she asks him for a tool that she could use to break into cars, like to jimmy into it you know, to unlock a car, which I feel like with today's technology with cars, I don't think that would work anymore necessarily, would it? I don't know. I don't, well, I don't think so. I think only because of, I know that there's quite a few cars, you know, I think that they have like that little sticker or something on the window saying if you do something, the alarm will go off. Yeah. So she gets the tool for breaking into cars and then so everybody has like a job to try to make this all work because there's a lot of moving parts so george is going to help which is interesting because you know george in the very beginning is very like aloof and keeping secrets and what have you um but she volunteers to help and she says that she knows that ryan goes out running in this particular area so she says she's going to volunteer to get into his car, get his cell phone, and try to contact this medical examiner out of New Hampshire to try to slow the process down. And while this whole thing is happening, Nancy's watching from the distance in the trees. Which we didn't realize until the camera pans over and catches her. Which, speaking of getting caught, while George is trying to get into Ryan's phone, he catches her. And it's awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Very awkward. But George being George flat out asks him, why are you having the autopsy moved out of Horseshoe Bay? And Ryan gives this really lame excuse saying that Tiffany was on some kind of medicine and 
because, you know, his name is kind of like a big name, family name in that town. He didn't want it to get out and have it written about in like the newspaper or have people talk about it and get like the wrong information. I feel like that's a lame excuse. I I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way or not, but. A little bit. Yeah. It's just like, this is one way that Ryan seems kind of fishy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, (laughs) it's like, don't be suspicious. 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 And suspicion is written all over him, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's true. He's not really helping his case whatsoever. I mean, I get it, I guess, just because he's not wrong. Like the Hudson name, you know, small towns, Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this kind of scenario or not, but I've lived in a lot of small towns and that's kind of the thing. It's like, you got these big name families that everybody knows all their gossip. And so, I mean, it's plausible, I guess, but I just, I feel like coming from him, it was lame. Yeah. That's just kind of how I feel. And that's kind of how the writers portray it. That's kind of how they paint the picture of it. And then, yeah, he just basically says he wants privacy for his family and then, Like you said, camera pans over and we catch Nancy watching the whole shebang happen. Then the scene kind of changes and Ryan is like downtown in Horseshoe Bay and he runs into Carson and he tells Carson that he's looking for a lawyer um, when really, I mean, yeah, he kind of is looking for a lawyer, but he's more looking for someone that can kind of advise him as far as like kind of like public relations, his appearance that kind of deal. Carson tells him that he had promised Kate when she was still alive that he would never work for another Hudson, which, I mean, I guess there's a backstory there that Carson worked for the Hudson family, which, I mean, you know, obviously later on down the line, we find out more about. Then we, uh, you know, kind of change scenes again. And Nancy's telling George that she watched her with Ryan's phone and essentially was like, Do you have something to hide? Because you were really helping Ryan out back there. I mean, you know, Nancy, she just kind of, you know, balls to the wall, says what she's thinking. Isn't it too Nancy said that she knew that George was sleeping with Ryan? I mean, you really can't get much past her. (laughs) And it's like, I think it kind of got Nancy's wheels turning when George made the comment about where she knew Ryan would be. Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, that's very specific information that she said. If she wasn't familiar with him in some capacity, rather than just being aware of him as, you know, just being a person in town, how would she know that's very specific information? Yeah. She kind of told on herself by saying that. I mean, she's trying to be helpful, but it's like, mm, don't think you realize what you just said. You really got to watch what you say with Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so George, of course, is mad that, you know, she's saying that Nancy's just like assuming things, but Nancy says that she can read lips, which I made a point to write that Nancy can read lips because I got tickled thinking about myself, like in real life during this, you know, kind of coronavirus era where everyone's wearing a mask. I had no idea that I depended so much on when I'm talking to someone in person, reading their lips or looking at their lips while they're speaking. I had a horrible time when everybody was masked up trying to hear people. So it's so bizarre because it's like, I've had my hearing tested several times throughout my life and I don't have any issue with hearing loss, but it's like, I just had no idea that I depended so much on that. Like, I feel like even for me, some of the time, like when, especially if you're still wearing masks in stores and stuff, I still find it super difficult to understand what some people are saying yeah and it's like I feel like a lot of it has to do with the language that you speak yeah so (laughs) yeah but I just I thought that was interesting because it's like I guess I can read lips too and just didn't even realize it but anyways so during this whole exchange we get a little bit more of the background of Nancy and George when they were in high school George essentially says you know your friends spread nasty rumors about me. You did absolutely nothing to kind of counterbalance that. You didn't take up for me. And I'm still angry about that, which I mean, it's not healthy to carry stuff like that. But I mean, I can understand, you know, they're still so young. They're pretty fresh out of school. 
So, yeah, I mean, I understand still being upset about things like that. You're still living in that town. You probably still run into those people, yeah. you know, so I kind of get that. But she kind of hashes that all out. And then even George makes the comment about, like, because Nancy doesn't really talk to her friends from high school as much anymore. Yeah. And George made the comment that they stopped, slowly stopped talking to Nancy because her mom had cancer. Yeah. And, like, that, to me, That's is a like, low blow. Yeah. That's hard. Like, like, wouldn't you, at least to me, I would think that my friends would be there for me during something like that. Yeah. Especially that big of a thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, you know, we don't know the full story as far as that. Um, because, I mean, if you think back to last episode, they showed a couple of people that we don't ever see ever again. And I think that that's kind of normal because I feel like there are people that, um, especially people that haven't experienced something as serious as a family member having cancer that can just feel awkward and nervous about it and kind of just shy away from it just because they don't know how to respond. And, and that's the thing about when you're, you're dealing with someone who has gone through that, because it's like, you want to say that you're sorry, but sorry doesn't even begin to cover it. Like nothing can, unless you've been through it. So yeah, that was a super low blow and I'm sure that that really hurt Nancy to hear that because the way they depict it in the first episode it's true yeah like I kind of wish that like we only really get to see Kate like in person in the first episode and obviously like we hear like the characters talk about her but I wish that we had more of like scenes and stuff actually with Kate Mm-hmm. Just to kind of like, you know, see the family dynamic. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be interesting. And who knows? I mean, this show is kind of, it kind of reminds me of like an anthology kind of series. It's not necessary, uh, necessarily linear in the storytelling. So, I mean, there could be episodes where we get more background information because every once in a while we do have episodes like that. So, you know, there's always hope that maybe they could explore that avenue. Yeah. So after that very tense and uncomfortable conversation, we kind of switch gears again and they start talking about how there's this bucket ritual, which I'm using air quotes um, on the last day of this uh, local summer festival, you take a bucket of seawater from the Harbor and you keep it outside of your door. And then I guess at midnight, it was the bells will ring in the town and you're supposed to go outside your door and kick the bucket over And if there's still seawater in it, then you'll live, you know, for another year. But if you kick the bucket over and for some reason there's blood in it, supposedly you'll die within the coming calendar year. Like, how do you even get the blood in the bucket in the first place? Yeah, I mean, once again, a local urban legend kind of thing. It's cool, but it's really weird. I mean, you know, very weird. Um, So yeah, like the whole town turns out for this last day of the summer festival. So Ryan all of a sudden shows up, which I mean, you know, he's coming from this big Hudson family and, you know, people in his family would never be involved in something like this. But obviously he's, you know, trying to be seen out in public to try to, I guess, get into the good graces of the town, you know, in case something crazy ever happens and he ends up being in court for the death of his wife. You know, he's trying to get good PR, I guess, you know, public relations with the people in the town so that he doesn't seem guilty, which to me screams that you're guilty of something, but whatever. And so, you know, people are like lining up to tell him how sorry they are. Um, And, you know, he's shaking hands and talking to all these people. And so Nancy sees this as like the perfect opportunity to go into the parking lot to break into a vehicle of someone that works at the morgue so that she can steal a key card so she can get into the building. And so she uses that tool that she got from Nick and she unlocks the the door and she gets the key card from the person's visor in their car and then she gets out and locks the door and she notices that there's blood underneath the car coming out to me that didn't look like blood it looked more like like brake fluid or something or some kind of oil maybe that's what it was supposed to be i thought it was blood to me blood looks like a lot darker of like a reddish color okay because this it looked more like a brownie ish kind of Yeah. Well, regardless, 
there's something that's leaking out from under this car and nancy looks up and again jump scare we see lucy mm-hmm. scares the bejesus out of me again then shortly at, thereafter this nancy goes and finds Bess, and she tells Bess all about it and Bess immediately says it's lucy okay <laughs> good to know how you're feeling Bess. So, you know, as they're having this conversation, Ace uh, Ace walks up and he's interested in all of it because, you know, at this point he's still, you know, warm for Bess's form. We'll get into that. Um, (laughs) So now that Nancy has the key card, it's time to go back to the morgue. So, oh, oh, before we go to the morgue, yeah, when um, Ryan was like hugging and shaking people's hands and stuff, George ended up being in line. For like the same reason. And then George so desperately wanted to talk to Ryan. But he's like kind of shrugging her off almost. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't want anyone to be like suspicious of them. I feel like. Yeah. Which hurts her feelings. Yeah. Which I mean I think is another very good life lesson. Boys and girls. Don't get involved with someone who is either already involved with someone else. Or is just coming out of a long-term relationship for some reason or another because more than likely you're going to get hurt. And you're like the rebound person then. Yeah, no one wants to be that. No. So, you know, just maybe avoid that at all costs. Yeah. (laughs) Save yourself some heartbreak down the line. There's your wisdom with Candace for the episode, guys. And that was Wisdom with Candace. Yes. Yes. Time we bring it back. So now it's nightfall. Time to go back to the morgue. Super creepy because, I mean, of course, you know, I get you can't go traipsing around in there during the day. Clearly people are going to be in there working, but it's like going to a morgue at night, literal nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. But okay. <laughs> so Nancy's going in and she's all stealthy and she's trying to avoid the cameras because they appear to be like motion activated, which makes sense. Ace and Bess are together in a car and they're kind of acting like the watch out, the lookout, you know, to make sure that they can catch when the medical examiner comes. So they act like they have car trouble. Uh, Ace, I think, lets some air out of the tire just enough for it to be low enough that it needs to be fixed again. Um, so they are able to end up stopping the medical examiner and it ends up being a character that uh, has a few episode arc. Um, her name is Lisbeth and she decides that she's going to help them, you know, get back on the road on their way. So that's happening. And we switch scenes back to Nancy at the morgue. And now she's kind of in the open examining room and they just have bodies laying there. That's not weird so at all. Well, it's so I guess, not true. Like, wouldn't you put the the bodies in the freezer? You absolutely would. Like, you but why are these bodies would. just why are these bodies just laying around for on the slabs? Like, I guess just to make it more interesting and dramatic and scary, which it yes. achieved all of those things. Like, that's so scary. And so, you know, they're covered with a white sheet. So obviously Nancy's going to have to figure out which body is hers, which sucks and is so scary. So, you know, clearly third time's a charm. She finally finds Tiffany. She starts getting a a syringe of the fluid, which is so gross and such a biohazard. (laughs) (laughs) She's got gloves on and stuff, but still that's so icky and so gross. Okay, so um, I've got another question. <laughs> okay. Why does Tiffany, you know, like, I don't want to sound like rude or insensitive or anything, but if I am, like, I really apologize. I know that, like, some people that are, like, they, they're blind, like, they can't see. And yeah. you know how sometimes, like, they have almost like that filmy, mm-hmm. you know, like, over their eyes? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, everyone, but why, for Tiffany, it almost looked the same kind of way. Here's my thought. I could be wrong since they don't really go into it. My thought is maybe she was an organ donor because as weird and creepy and gross as it sounds, 
um, you can donate when you pass away. And as long as there's like nothing wrong, like disease wise, you can donate organs. And one of the things that you can donate are the lenses of your eyes. And it's a very delicate surgery is my understanding. Specialists like doctors that specialize in eye care can reattach a lens to someone who can't see. Like my understanding is it's very delicate work because you're like working with nerves and things of that nature, but you can get, I guess, essentially a, a retina lens transplant and can eventually see again so maybe that's what it was like I knew that you could like donate organs and stuff like you know but I didn't realize that there was like like what you were just explaining I didn't realize that could be an option too yeah it it is um and I hate that I know the reason why but actually two months before my own mother passed away my husband's father passed away unexpectedly from a heart attack And so one of the only things that they were able to harvest out of him um, were his eyes. And we were actually notified that one went to some person here in America and then uh, the other one went to someone in another country. They were able to help these people see again. Wow. So, I mean, it's a thing, like I said, I think it's a very delicate kind of surgery just because, like I said, the nerves and and all the, all that kind of thing. And, you know, it has to be done just right so that your brain recognizes it. And I mean, it's a lot of scientific stuff that I just, it goes over my head. That's kind of what I was thinking. They never really go into it. And, you know, that's also the thing is, you know, when, when someone passes away, like, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. They just look different. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. It's hard to explain. Like, I know that like when a person dies, like their blood is drained from their bodies. Yeah. And then it's like, they look different in that aspect of it. Yeah. Isn't it too like, like their mouth somehow like stitched together? Yeah. Way? Yeah. And um, like if for some reason, like if the person has false teeth, they will more than likely leave the false teeth in there because if you take that out, it almost makes the mouth look like sunken in, okay. which makes sense because your teeth and your jaw kind of gives your face the shape that you have. So if you're missing teeth, it makes sense that it wouldn't look right. But yeah, I think that they do sew the mouth shut just to make it so like if they're showing the body, it doesn't like open up all of a sudden and get real creepy because that would be horrifying. Um, And I think they also under the eyelids will place like pieces of plastic to ensure that the eyes stay closed. So there's like little bits and pieces of things like funeral directors. They need all the credit in the world for the things that they do for people to make them look good enough to be shown. I mean, it's like an art form. Honestly, like I could not be doing that for a living. Yeah. That would just, like, that would gross me out too much. (laughs) I mean, beyond the fact that it's scary, to me, I mean, I I wouldn't like it. I think it's scary. It might be an irrational fear. But, yeah, I mean, it's also gross, to be honest. Like, not trying to be insensitive, but it's gross. And it can be dangerous with, like, the bodily fluids. I mean, it is a biohazard. Yeah. So. I I would assume that, like, with that kind of thing, like, morticians and that kind of stuff, you would need to have some kind of like safety equipment on. Oh yeah. Like they wear like full on suits that they can then throw away when they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy rolling in there in just her regular street clothes and some gloves. It's like, sister, that's not super realistic, but okay. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you everyone for kind of bearing with us in our kind of bodily lesson I guess you could say. I mean, once again, just a, another really good example of us falling down the rabbit hole, going off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Can't help it. It is who I am. I'm 30 years old and I'm not going to change it. Just that's who I am. You know what's crazy, Candace? What's that? You're actually older than Agent Park. Am I really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check his age. No. <laughs> That's depressing. Am I really? Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm searching it up now. Okay. So you were born in, what, 1991? Yeah. He was born in 1993. 
you're older than at least like half of these the cast like the maid like older than nancy older than george yeah you're older than Bess. i'm not older than nick though am i or ace no, no. nick and ace are both older than you thank god <laughs> they're they're four years older than you the okay both of them. so please um and both carson and um ryan are older yeah yeah so yeah guys i'm going down the rabbit hole now too <laughs> what we do best honestly yeah oh have you ever seen ace with short hair i have <laughs> i have okay anyways I like him with the kind of shaggy hair i like the way he looks as ace yeah nancy was getting the syringe of fluids we switch scenes back again to Ace and Bess on the side of the road. And Ace is realizing that um, Lisbeth, the medical examiner, is quickly going to be fixing the tire. So he messes his car up even more so that it can detain them longer. And he, and he even apologizes to the car. That's so funny. It's, and, and he named his car Florence. It's so funny because I feel like there are a lot of guys that have like an attachment to their vehicles. Yeah. So I don't think that that was like overly dramatic or anything like that. I think that's pretty common, but still funny nonetheless. Um, (laughs) And so scene switches again. We're back to Nancy at the morgue and she suddenly hears a breath behind her. Once again, nightmare fuel in a place full of dead bodies and you hear someone and you know that you're the only person there. And then she looks behind her um, and she sees what looks like another body under a sheet on a slab and she lifts it up, but there's nothing there. Terrifying. Yeah. And then she looks up again and then a door creaks open behind her. Mm-hmm. and then we switch scenes again like i thought that this part of the episode was very effective because we're switching back and forth and crazy things are happening and it's real dramatic because it's like our best and ace going to be able to detain this medical examiner long enough for nancy to get what she needs done and give her time to text and give the all clear um so like i said we're back with best and ace and Lisbeth, and then best helps her and it's kind of flirty and ace can kind of see it and you know it's a little funky there for a second and um then scene changes back again and we're back at the morgue and um turns out it was the tissue sample room that opened and of course nancy being nancy she walks in just to see what's in there and immediately sees a box that's labeled L Sable. Um, So she looks in it and there's blood samples and Lucy's crown that has her hair in it is still in there. Um, And then all of a sudden drama, the alarm goes off in the morgue. So she's freaking out. And so she's trying to escape. And I guess this is a pretty, high-tech in-depth alarm system because as soon as that alarm goes on it like cuts the power to the key cards readers and so she's essentially locked in there yeah sucks Mm -hmm. effective don't get me wrong but unfortunate for nancy um all of a sudden george shows up to help nancy escape um she like punches out a window which was awesome Mm-hmm. Um, she tells Nancy, I am on your side. I'm trying to help you. I don't have anything to hide ish. Give me this stuff so that it doesn't get caught with you. Cause you're going to get caught. Like I can't, this alarm's going off. I can't get you out, but just give me the stuff so it doesn't get confiscated. And this was all for nothing. So Nancy finally, you know, internal struggle, finally gives the stuff to George and George takes off. Um, Nancy, of course, gets caught. Uh, scene changes again. Bess and Ace are now at the claw, worried about Nancy because they haven't heard anything from her. Uh, Ace mentions that he got, or that he saw Bess get Lisbeth's number and bless his heart, he says he understands and 
Bess kind of opens up a little bit and says that essentially she doesn't date. Um, she has a hard time getting close to people, men and women both. And Ace says that he can be her friend. Yay. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Um, so. Oh my gosh. I found it hilarious. Well, I kind of found, a, found it funny. After the Ace and Bess were done talking, George comes in with a paper bag. And she's like, Nancy got arrested and I got a whole bunch of human parts. Don't ask me. It's in the fridge and don't touch it. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess this is what this show is going to be about. Just crazy stuff happening yeah. every day. So, um, yeah, Nancy's in jail. Um, she's kind of like in the dunk tank there, for lack of a better word. Um, Carson comes in and wants to talk to her. and. Um, he says, you know, I know you went through my files. You shouldn't have done that, but I know you did it. And they argue back and forth about Nick and his past, which is still sketchy at this point. Um, but Carson says, you know, you're my daughter. I want to help you get back on track. I want to help you fix your life. Um, and Nancy, you know, they're kind of sharing a special moment here. And so she tells Carson, I found the dress in the attic. Um, Carson comes up with this lame excuse and says that it was a prop that he used to scare Nancy's mother with super lame. She then says, uh, I remember this being dug up in our backyard and, uh, he tries to explain it to Nancy that that trunk belonged to her great grandmother, Rosalind. I mean, like I said, super lame, but okay. Um, you can tell that Nancy's kind of like not really buying it all that much. Yeah. So, yeah, but she's kind of keeping it to herself, you know, that she's not totally on board with what he's saying. Um, but he pays her bail. She says that, or he tells her that um, he took Ryan on as a client and that he's now on retainer to help him with whatever he needs help with, which is weird, but, you know, we'll get there. Now we're back at the claw. Uh, Nancy thanks George for helping her get the specimens out so that they didn't get confiscated and Nancy apologizes for everything that happened when they were in high school and then at this point George admits the whole Ryan thing to Nancy even though Nancy had her suspicions anyway and it's kind of sad because George realizes in that moment that Ryan is keeping her hidden and he, she originally had thought it was because he was married, but now she's realizing that he's just keeping her hidden just to keep her hidden. Um, cause it doesn't look good for like his reputation. Um, and that's kind of, you know, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and then Nancy's kind of wondering if these local superstitions like in town could possibly be real. And so, you know, she's still trying to figure out what happened to Lucy. Um, she goes to see Nick and Nick surprises her and tells her that her mother's car is all fixed up. And this was a really sweet touch. Uh, Nick made the gear shift hollow. So Nancy's mom's necklace can be put in there and then she can always be with Nancy. So sweet. Yeah. So cute. Um, now it's uh, obviously nighttime, almost midnight. Got to figure out, you know, the rest of that seawater ceremony. So you're supposed to, when the bell tolls, kick over the bucket and see if you have seawater still or see if it somehow magically turned into blood. Um, so uh, it shows Carson for a second, kind of like at the edge of the water, thinking about things uh Bess it shows her texting Elizabeth asking her out to dinner um then she kind of like she's debating on whether to send the message or not mm -hmm. and she does and then Ace kicks over his bucket just water in it um then he, 
Bess just had water in hers too. Yes, Bess had water in hers too. Um, then after he kicked over his bucket, uh, the police texted him to keep him updated, but he has <laughs> he has it saved in his phone as weed guy. Yeah. You know. Don't be suspicious. Yeah. It's not like he could just have it saved in there as police. So <laughs> uh, all that's happening while Nancy and Nick are, you know, hooking up, doing their thing. Uh, scene changes again. And we see Carson burning that blood-soaked dress. Talk about being suspicious. Um, scene changes again. George kicks over her bucket and kind of walks away but then looks around again and realizes that what she kicked over was not water it's blood yeah um nancy then wants to know uh who tiffany texted before she died because nick had gotten um up to kick over his bucket and his bucket had water in it um and so Nancy's, like I said, trying to figure out who the last person was that texted Tiffany. And she realizes that it was his phone number. Like, I don't think that she realized it yet. But then she might not have, but I guess. As the screen, like as the camera panned out, it showed Nick's phone and it showed one missed call. Yeah, because Nancy called the phone number because it wasn't saved in tiffany's phone so i guess we as the viewers realized oh this is nick's phone so i guess that nick and tiffany kind of knew each other in some capacity it seems that way yeah so um that's kind of where the episode ends kind of on a cliffhanger like usual yeah i find it kind of funny that like in season one, Carson's kind of like, nah, don't trust Nick. He's was arrested, blah, blah, blah. And then now in season three, it seems like Carson actually trusts him. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody has a past. Nick's past was not so great. Um, there's a story for everything. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a reason for why they do the things they do. And I think Carson is finally able to look past the fact that Nick got mixed up, I guess, into the wrong thing um, and realizes that, you know, he has good tendencies and a good heart. So he doesn't just label Nick as someone who breaks the law, which is good. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much where we're left with this episode and on to the next and that kind of leads us into what we're going to be talking about next week next week we're talking about season one episode three yeah we're just trucking right along yep so the next about seven ish weeks or so we're going to be talking about the next few episodes of season one yeah we're gonna make it halfway through we've mentioned it the last couple weeks we're gonna make it to halfway through season one take a break for a couple weeks and dive into the second half of season one and then hopefully that will lead us into season four being on tv eventually yeah i feel like we just recently got the renewal information that it was renewed for season four. So I don't know if at the end of season three, if they'd already started writing or if they're having to write as they go. I don't know what that scenario is, but if I had to guess, and this is what I'm hoping the timeline is, I'm hoping that they spend the summer recording filming for a fall sometime fall september october release yeah that would in my mind that would be ideal and i'm really hoping that the show will air the same night in canada and the u.s yeah that would be great um for those that weren't aware season three at least in america aired friday nights at nine and in canada at least where i am it aired sunday night at 10 
for a while, then it switched to Sunday at 8. I feel like Sunday at 10 is late. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. you work the next day. And then those are hour-long episodes. Yep. With commercials. And it's episodes done at 11. Yeah. So, like, if it was on a Friday night, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. Because then I would have the weekend, you know, to relax and kind of sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> so, my fingers are crossed. Yeah, I mean, you never know. They could change it up on us, which that would be, that would be nice to be on the same page because then I don't have to be quiet about what happens. And then I won't have to, like, be careful on Twitter about, like, what I see. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's the thing is you don't want to accidentally come across a spoiler and not be ready for it. Yeah. I I remember when I was watching, like, the last few episodes of season three and Candace had already seen the episodes and I'm like as I'm watching I'm like messaging her I'm like what the heck is happening yeah like and meanwhile the two days between that I've already seen it I'm like dying on the inside because I can't talk to anybody except for you know my husband who god love him I mean I give him enough credit for just sitting there watching it but a lot of it goes over his head just because I mean he's following along and stuff but it's like he doesn't have like the background information of the Nancy Drew universe kind of like what we do like he knows I play the games but he's never played one he knows I read the books but he's never read one so it's and they're all vastly different but there are some things that are similar yeah you know, some of it goes over his head. So well, yeah, I'm just having to sit here and like twiddle my thumbs waiting for Sunday to roll around so that you can watch the episode and we could finally talk about it. I know. I explode. Oh my gosh. It's fine. Well, we managed, <laughs> which is the main thing. Yeah, somehow. Some, some days I didn't know how. Yeah. Especially there towards the end. Yep. When things were really cooking, you know. I know, especially during the finale. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. It's like, no. And it was like halfway through the episode of the season three finale. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like, okay, I'm doing okay. And then Candace, she must be back. She's like, oh, just wait. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch more of a roller coaster coming. <laughs> yeah. You think you're okay now. Wait five minutes. You won't and be. then it's just like, oh crap. You know? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So super excited to see what season four has in store for us. I literally have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm ready. Me too. I'm definitely ready. (laughs) And we're here for it. Yes. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook in our Facebook group and on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Check us out next week as we dive into season one, episode three of the TV show. See you next week, guys. Bye, everyone.